0: the quinn mar show
1: my next guest is known for his devotion trivia radio hosting being an integral part of the marvel cinematic universe and being trained to box by stone cold steve austin but i know him best as the smart younger brother edwin venturi from life with derek it's a pleasure to welcome to the quinn mar show danny megs danny what's going on
0: buddy that is um <clears throat> whoa that is an intro that I've, uh, i have uh that's top tier absolutely top that. tier
1: I pre- I appreciate that. It's, uh it's I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad I could get you on here. How's it going? What's
0: what's going on with you? Oh, it's good, man. Uh it start it's it's a Monday, so it's the start of my work day. I'm uh banging out a bunch of desk work and then got a show tonight and uh, the grind continues.
1: All right, yeah. And we'll and we'll get into the, the Bing Pot stuff because uh that, that yeah. I'm really intrigued about that. But um yeah. I do want to start. Obviously, we gotta start with your acting. You start acting at I think about five or six and it was a lot of commercials I know. It was like General Mills, Hallmark Cards, Toys R Us, like that. Yeah, so, buddy, you've done your homework. Yeah, so once you, um, obviously, because you're so young, but once you went from the commercials to, like, TV movies and TV shows, mm-hmm. I know you started a movie called Vanis- Vanished Without a Trace. And this is a really cool tidbit that you played the younger brother of Michael Cedar and John Ralston was also in the movie. And for those that don't know, um, those the, both of them were in Life with Eric. Michael Cedar being your brother, John Ralston being your dad. Yeah. So is there anything from Vanish Without a Trace that you really remember? No. Um,
0: yeah. no, I was I was crazy young. Like it's so I and this is just just to contextualize everything, all right? We're talking like mid 90s. So TV movies of the week were still a thing. Like watching um, you know, you'd get like TV stars, you'd throw them in a movie, and it would be like NBC's movie of the week, and that's that's what Vanish Without a Trace was. So like Shelley Long was in it. And, uh, I think that was the big name. I feel like there might've been somebody else, but seriously, like I, you know, I was what seven. Yeah. Um, so no, it was just, it was a cool thing. Cause I did a lot of those as a kid and Mike and I were close on set. I mean, I do remember that when I was like seven years old, I think he would have been like 11 and, uh, we'd see each other at auditions after that and it was always very like camaraderie there was a lot of camaraderie it was very brotherly mm-hmm. and uh yeah that led into the life with Derek audition like five years later
1: yeah yeah so um going back quickly so you obviously were born in toronto and i know you're out in bc now but mm-hmm. like growing up in toronto and like getting into acting how difficult was that
0: god when you're a kid nothing's difficult that's true. right When that's when you're true. a kid just you know it's something to do right so yeah. I always thought it was neat because my highlights of that would be going downtown with my dad, and uh, you know, you get pulled out of school. It's like closer to the end of the day. You've got a three thirty audition. You get pulled out at two thirty. Sweet, we get to leave school early. Uh, we're going downtown because I grew up in the suburbs, right? I'm from Thornhill, so we're going down okay, into, yeah. into the city, and it's it's cool, you know. And then you'd after the audition, be like, "Hey, Dad," you know take me to mcdonald's and the was, I, baseball game right like yeah I was just it gonna was say insane. mcdonald's yeah
1: it's like when you get out to go for like a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment exactly. but for you it was auditions
0: yeah exactly uh what? so it, it was cool as a kid doing that
1: and i and were you like one of the only few like in your like friend group that was doing this like were oh, yeah. you like that yeah you were, you were the different one like they might have been like going to try for soccer and you were going to audition for like yeah. a commercial a show so was i know like you obviously you were a kid but like was there any like weirdness to that
0: probably not until, not until like puberty, maybe. I think in the beginning you're, you're like, it's just what you do. Right. So, you know, it's cool. And everyone's like, Oh, that's Daniel. He's, you know, he's doing the, he's going to be in a commercial or whatever. Like I'd, I'd I'd go to day camp when I was younger. Right. And you know, I was in a, like a Dempster's bread commercial and you know, people would be like, Oh man, I've seen your commercial on TV or whatever. And it's not like they were, you know, geeking out. I mean, trust me, who wasn't rock star status? I was in an Oscar Meyer commercial too. <laughs> so I was like the Oscar Meyer kid at camp. And you're like, really? Like, that's oh, good. So, yeah, right. I mean, that's that's kind of how it goes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I do want to get into obviously life with Eric. Um, that yeah. being one of my favorite shows growing up. And side note, before we get into that, mm-hmm. I did I, I thought we were a lot closer in age than 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 we are. I'm a ninety-six, I know you're a ninety one, but I felt Everybody. like when I was growing up watching life with Derek, I always felt like me and Edwin around were around the same age. So Yeah,
0: so I was playing younger for sure, and then there was a, a two year gap from when we filmed to when it first came out, right? So mm. if we did the first season in the fall of two thousand and four. Then it didn't hit Canada until March of 2006. Oh, okay. So,
1: so there's a buffer right there. That makes sense. Okay. So there's
0: that initially. And then there's the fact that, you know, when I was 12, I looked like I was nine. And then, so you, you just, it all kind of compounds on itself, right? Yeah, that's
1: a good problem to have. Cause you still you yeah, still right? seem like that. Like you look younger than you are. I, I, yeah. I get that a lot too. The other day I got, uh, I got ID'd, which is obviously 18 for a scratch mm-hmm. ticket. I'm
0: 27. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. are like, oh, so like, feeling the- good.
1: Well, then that, that's what the, that's what the cashier said. She goes in a few years when people are doing that, you'll feel a lot better about it. I said, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So auditioning for Edwin, what was that process like? Like, was it just like any other audition yeah. for you?
0: Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, and they, they're they all kind of the same. Like I think it's rare to find a script um, at least like back in the day, like it was rare to be like an, Oh my God, this, this is phenomenal. No, it's like, okay, well I'm going to go do this. I'm going to give it my best. Right. I think I knew kind of right away that it, it felt, it did definitely feel right. Like it, it felt, I don't want to say effortless, but you know, it's like, okay, I can play this role. Like this is cool. Right. It's not like it's a, I need to play this role. It's like a, yeah, all right. I can, if, if an actor is an instrument, right. It's like, this is my sheet music. Yeah. This is, this is the stuff I like to play. So that was cool. Right. And it's, but you don't think of it anything further than that. You're just like, it, cause at this point, you know, I'm 12 years older right. I've been doing this for five, six years. And it's like, you just you're used to hitting things and not hitting things so you just go and and do your audition and say all right we'll see what happens right mm-hmm. so that's, and, that's um, all it really was
1: and then getting the part obviously was was a huge deal because i mean well like where, but was it, it wasn't this? right like really
0: so, no because this was the thing you know I, the coolest thing about it is okay you know first season a lot of people know this and some people don't know this but the first season was shot in newfoundland which is hilarious. Uh, so the the whole thing is like you get this role and you're like, all right, uh, you're going to Newfoundland for like eight weeks, and I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. I guess we're doing that, right? That's the coolest part about it, right? You're, you're gonna travel as a kid. That's true. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a job, man. It's like right. so you're going to the you're gonna go do the thing, and nobody knew at the beginning like what this was, right? Right. This was um, thirteen episodes of a Canadian cable television show that. You know, it was greenlit without a pilot, and I I can't remember the reasoning for that, right? And and it's not like pilots are crazy common in Canada anyway, but I guess it was like, hey, we've got a great show concept. We know the writers. We trust the writers. You know, let's see what this turns into. But it was really just a grand experiment. You know, like that's all any of this ever is. Right. So I'm not even thinking that far ahead. I'm thinking like, okay— um, I did the audition. I got the role. This is sweet. Michael Cedar's gonna play my older brother. Like, we're super tight. Like, this is gonna be great, right? We're gonna go hang out and have an awesome time in in Newfoundland, and, and that's what it was.
1: Right now, um, I don't know if you know you know the answer to this because I don't. And this may be a dumb question, but like, how does how does it work being like, a, let's say, a Family Channel show, but being on Disney as well? Like, how did did yeah. you know like how that worked? Yeah,
0: um, Family Channel had agreed that they were gonna air it, but Shaftesbury is the production company. So uh, at some point, and it's not necessarily because of the Family Channel connection, and this is the stuff that I don't know all the minutia of, but um, Shaftesbury goes and takes it to Disney, and they say, hey, do you want to air this in the United States? And Disney's like, there's tracks with a whole bunch of our stuff? Yeah, that's great. Uh, but then they'll do that, and they'll take it to other countries, right? So um, they'll go to Sky TV or whatever it is, Sky Kids in the UK, and be like, hey, we have this show. Do you want to put this on? In there? And so like at the end of the day, life with Derek was in like 50 something countries. Wow. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. I mean, I remember friends that were going to Europe or Asia or whatever would send pictures with subtitles and you know, like I, somebody dubbed me in Spanish (laughs) and I was on like, like whatever. I don't know if it was like Disney, the Spanish edition, or if it was a Spanish TV channel that had just picked up the show, but then had dubs on it. Like, it's kind of crazy. And then, nobody had any idea in the beginning right like it's not like hey you're auditioning to be on a show it's going to be on Di- you're going to be a disney kid that wasn't part of the conversation it was yeah you're going to do this show it's going to be on family channel i'm like sweet i like family i watch radio free roscoe it sounds dope mm-hmm. let's you know and that's it
1: uh that's see that's sweet and that and that's something i didn't know and like you mentioned about the newfoundland thing i didn't know about that either and and yeah. i i feel like i pride myself on doing a good amount of research and that was the one thing oh, yeah. i didn't know
0: well it's but- it's it's like such an inconsequential thing. That's true. You know, I remember because it, it, it was it obscure. It was in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. And so I actually, not too long ago, like, I mean, a couple months ago, I'm sitting there having some beers with my buddy, Tim, who's out from uh, Labrador. And he, uh, I was like, yeah, man, I spent, you know, eight weeks in Newfoundland. I was hanging out in Cornerbrook. He's like, what? there's nothing to do in Cornerbrook except the arts. What the hell were you doing in Cornerbrook? I'm like, buddy, it was shooting a TV show. There's <laughs> an art to do. Like that's, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. of <course>. just, <laughs>
1: that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um,
0: But it's, it was a minor thing. I think that, you know, the cool part is you get to go around and, and travel and see Canada. And I've gotten to shoot stuff in uh New Brunswick and Halifax and, uh, I went to Montreal a bunch for movies of the week when I was a kid and uh, did a commercial in Vancouver when I was eight. Like I got to travel a lot because of that. That's, That's awesome. Very, very cool.
1: That's cool. Um, so obviously the show ran for four season and, and mm-hmm. then it concluded with vacation with Derek. So yeah. obviously life with Derek did have an end. Like it, it was planned. When mm-hmm. did you guys find out it was, it was going to be coming to an end.
0: We went into the fourth season and you know, I, to contextualize everything here for you, so the fourth season, I'm in grade 11, so I'm 15, I'm almost 16. Mike and Ashley at that point are, I think, 18 and 19 or 19 and 20, respectively. Um, it's a, So career-wise, they're at the point where it's like, okay, next, right? And uh, no show on Family Channel had ever gone this long. For kids' TV in Canada, this was unprecedented, Uh, we went into the start in our first read through, um, it, it was an 18 episode season, which was also strange. Normally in Canada, it's, it's 13 or 26, right? Um, 18 was a little odd, but we go into it and we kind of knew at the read through, they're like, this is, this is the last run. Cause you know, I imagine, and this is just me guessing and understanding how things work that, uh, if if you're ready to move on in your career, like yeah, well we'll get one more season out of it. It's great, and then I think four seasons is actually like the limit that any any show should run. Um, couple of reasons, but I I mean we can we can get into that or not. But I think yeah just no for sure I mean, yeah no
1: I know I, I yeah I'm intrigued.
0: So I, at four seasons, a couple things happen, right? Like your first season is just you know what I said earlier, it's an experiment. Your second season, the writers start to understand their characters, start to understand their players, and and can merge those two things really well you go into a third season you hit your stride and i think after enough time you're like okay we've taken these characters where we want to take them right like wrap it up and wrap it up before it gets stale i some of the mega the mega tv shows that end up going like nine seasons right like you can usually circle somewhere in the middle of that run Where you're like, okay, this is probably where they figured out they could have done everything, and then anything else just feels like a rehashing of. Like I think about, I think about How I Met Your Mother. Um, I kind of think about Friends a little bit. Like, I mean, the characters were just so good on Friends, but after a certain point, it's like, yeah, okay, we know how this goes. It starts to just feel really repetitive. But yeah, so I think there were the the reasons were probably talent wise, everybody was ready to kind of move on. It was unprecedented and at a certain point you're like okay well you know we're writing shows about high schoolers it wraps up man at four right. years
1: right so then um it obviously the show ended and then a year later mm-hmm. the movie came out so was that planned right around when the show ended because i'm pretty sure the show ended oh nine the movie came out in 2010 I'm not okay right. so yeah this was i, I know, know that the years are different for you because it's a shooting
0: yeah, right. So weird, weird timing gaps. Yeah. We didn't shoot the movie until two years after we shot the last season. Huh. So the, the last season was filmed in 2007. And we would have shot
1: the movie in, 20, in 2009. 2009.
0: And then it came out in June of 2010. Right. So uh, that was also a really weird thing um, because, you know, we were done for two years. So I went and lived my life for two years and finished high school. And, uh, got to the point where I was ready to start university and okay, well in September of 2009, they want to shoot the, the movie. So I'm like, okay. And you know, I mean, there was even a conversation with my agent, which was like, I I'm supposed to go to like, you, like, you know, right. And I was at school for a week. I literally set up my dorm room, right. And got everything, got everything put up, got my posters <laughs> on the wall. And then was like, all right, peace out. I'll be back in three weeks um weird timing on that as well
1: right yeah so that that it is weird and i actually kind of forgot like going back and rewatching the movie today actually mm. i forgot that there was that big of a gap between the mo- the show ending and the yeah. movie coming out and then even for you is an even bigger gap from shooting so was it difficult to get back in like the edwin no. mindset
0: no not at all yeah. um i i mean especially two years after that like it was right. And and, you know, i'm I'm really fond of saying these days, like, I don't know if I was the world's greatest actor. I just kind of showed up and did me. And uh, you know that's the thing. Like so much of me went into that character, and so much of that character was me that it really lines were you know boundaries were were crossed, right? So they're yeah. blurred, I guess The lines least. are blurred, yeah, yeah, um, so, go it's ahead. All same,
1: yeah. um, this will be the last um vacation yeah. with Derek question. Um, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but i I, I kind of noticed it watching the movie. Mm. Did they? Make everybody have a different haircut on purpose. Was that a thing? Like just like from the show, because everyone had different hair Three from the show to the movie. Besides you, two years. That's true. Uh, because like, like Jordan's hair was dyed. I think ariel's was shorter. Michael's Jordan, was different.
0: Okay, hold on. Don't quote me. Jordy might have been rocking a wig. Ooh. Um, I. You know what? Don't quote me because I don't know the timing of it. But if she yeah. was on DeGrassi at that time, then she had crazy she short had, hair on DeGrassi. Had right? Short
1: hair, right.
0: So. Uh, she might have been rocking a wig, and it still worked. It was like, hey, the character's grown up a little bit. Um, it was two years. Yeah, yeah like true, I think that's the course. that's the short answer. Is like, yeah, okay, right? We're we're working with uh, you know for the first, actually for the whole run of the show, pretty well. Our our wardrobe department and our hair and makeup department was was the same and consistent. And Then in the movie, we had different folks, right? Like, yeah. So at that point you know there's it's the, the recipe or the the chefs are different yeah so and it,
1: and it's funny because they they i'm pretty sure they planned it in like in the timeline of just starting the movie started at the end of the 4th season
0: yeah. yeah which is really weird it, and it always is, right? But again, yeah. this was uncharted territory. I that's think true. still we're the only show that had a, a family channel original film. Like that doesn't happen. No,
1: that's that is know? that is really cool. Or it
0: didn't happen, and I guess I don't know, TV's on its way out, so nothing's yeah, happening that, anymore. But that, that is true. <laughs> but, I don't
1: remember I don't remember the last time like besides like uh sports, but like I don't remember the last time I actually watched TV. Yeah. It's weird. It's really it's, weird. Um it's... there's one more thing, actually. I take that back. I have a joke and I don't know if you know the punchline to it. Mm. Do you know why Mozart didn't play with these two fingers?
0: Yeah, because these are my fingers my guy i, I love it I was, okay, worried, so, I was
1: worried you wouldn't get it
0: my guy the <laughs> I, that wasn't in the script really you made that up well my buddy passed it on to me like the week before we were filming oh, I and, love it. so like there's one point where they just like want some some b-roll footage of me yeah. and uh oh, the, the guys i can't remember his character's name but the actor's name was the, Danny yeah that, I, I
1: remember that the older guy yeah and,
0: and he was hilarious uh and they just wanted us to riff back and forth so i just start telling jokes the first one that came into my mind was the one that we were playing with uh that i was doing with my buddy and it made it into this the, the final <laughs> draft of the movie i'm like That's this so is funny. phenomenal i love um, it. yeah it was so it was i love that
1: so um after vacation with derek you did yeah. like there were a few other things you did and then you kind of just like were gone out of acting the last couple of things i mean i gotta bring it up just because my fiance yeah. used to love the show was franny's feet i <laughs> so love I- that she loved that so much and what was the difference between like on it or yeah on uh screen acting and voice acting was there like did you feel a huge difference obviously i know there is but yeah um well it's
0: i for i really like voice acting um mm. like, even you know it's there's just something about it. it's you're more animated so i've always had a tendency uh to go really big on camera right like um crazy expressive and i'm getting huge and it's like guys and so it's it's there's elements of overacting but i've also been coached to say hey you know what it's easier to go big to start and then pull back then you know you can't start small and go bigger it's really hard so with voice acting you know you have to be big a lot of the time because it's it's an animated character right so you know the animators do the work but yeah typically typically it's it's big so there's a lot of freedom there for me to just kind of go um and then you know Tinker and tailor with it. um I like voice acting a lot, but I don't yeah. remember Franny's Feet. No, like, I, yeah. i it was just Funny. a day in the studio going in yeah. and do the voice work, right? Like,
1: and then leave. Yeah. I
0: was, I was in Mud Pit a couple of years later, which was uh, like a Teletoon show. It was half animated, half live action. And that was like days in the studio going and banging out a script. It's also really quick to do voice work. Like, you'll go in and bang out a script or two in a day. Wow. Like, it's, it's fast.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah, that is geez.
0: I mean, it makes sense
1: because there's a lot less work that needs to be done right then and there.
0: Well, and you're not doing it in a group
1: setting, typically. That's
0: true. Yeah. Like you're just going in and doing your lines.
1: Right. And then they obviously mesh them together. True. Yeah. Um, and then the last couple of things with acting. Like I said, you started a movie alongside Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is pretty yeah, sweet. Cool. What was that like?
0: Uh that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I you know, that was cool because I was 18 and uh I was sort of doing this movie in Vancouver of all things. So I just finished my first year of school there. So I was like, hold on, I'm hanging out in Toronto for the summer, but I get to go back to Vancouver and like, you know, hang out in a condo downtown while I'm shooting this movie. This is dope. And then Steve was like, you know, I'm, I was never a huge wrestling fan. So I wasn't like starstruck, but that I obviously understood. This is stone cold Steve Austin. Like that's huge. Right. So I meet him in the wardrobe room. Uh, Like I'm in the middle of a wardrobe fitting and I'm getting changed. And I am in you know, I got the curtain on and uh, I hear him come into the room because he's talking to the producer. And I step out of the thing and I'm wearing whatever costume and producer's like, Daniel, this is, this is Steve. And I'm like, Hey man, nice to meet you. Right? Like, you know, trying to be professional and everything. He's like, all right, kid, listen, you've been doing this a hell of a lot longer than me. So you're going to have to show me a thing or two. All right. And that's like the first thing he said to me. What? And I'm just, I'm like, yeah, man, if you say so. Like, I don't know if
1: I'd feel more comfortable or more nervous once
0: hearing that. Well, it was like, you know what? It was it was the clearest indication that he was a quality human being. Like mm. you, right, cause I mean, there was just no there was no front. There was no anything. There's not like all right, so you're the kid they put me together with. You know, like it wasn't that. It was just like, all right, man, I'm here to work and let's let's do it. And he's just the nicest friggin' guy. Like I, it, he was the best a year later. We, well, there's two stories. So a year later, I, um, this guy that, that I got haircuts from on knockout was, uh, he was working on a movie with stone cold, Steve Austin, and he couldn't come to me. Normally he'd just like swing by where I was living and cut my hair and it was cool. Right. And this super cool guy from North Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Um, but he couldn't. So he's like, you know what? if you can make it to set during lunch, I'll cut your hair over lunch. And I did. And then I went and, uh, you know, like messaged Steve. I think I still had his number at the time. And I messaged him. I was like, I'm coming to set, you know, and want to hang out and, you know, or just want to say hi. And I ended up spending like a half an hour with him in his trailer, just chilling. Like that's a year later. Wow. Um, where he was just super cool about it, but what was even cooler. Um, stone cold. Steve Austin was in the expendables, the first expendables. He had a tiny role, right? But it looked really good on the poster. And he had to leave set early on Knockout, like three days before we wrapped, because he was doing press tours and stuff like that. So we're talking about it one day, and I was like, uh, "Hey, Steve, so how does this work? You know, for the Expandables premiere, like, do I just show up in L.A. and there's a ticket waiting for me? Like, how does that go?" And he's like, "Why you want to go?" I'm like, "Can can you do this? This is a thing. Like, I can go." Uh, so he he hooked it up he hooked it up. And so right after we filmed, I took a flight to LA. Uh, I was like 18. I was, couldn't drink. I couldn't do anything in California, but, uh, me and my buddy got like this weird motel room on the sunset strip. And we walked to the Chinese theater and like, there's a ticket and there's all these celebrities are there. Like Rob Schneider's there, Dana White's there. They're just chilling. Like I was sitting in front of Mickey Rourke next to Steve. Yeah. Right in front of me, like directly in front of Mickey Rourke, Steve Austin's next to me walking to my seat. There's like this bald guy holding popcorn. And it's not until I sit down, like he's right in front of me. It's not until I sit down that I watch this guy keep walking. And I'm like, that was Bruce Willis. And like, it was, it was wild, but he just like, that was Steve. Like, he was just, yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to go to this thing? Sure. I'll figure out how to hook it up. Like no questions asked. This guy was just super cool.
1: That's amazing. That's really, really cool yeah well when and when i was doing my my research and i noticed like i saw the movie knock i was like oh that's cool so i clicked on i was like stone cold was in this too i said that's so Dude. sweet yeah that, that's really cool um okay so um of course there was a lot of things between your last like when you kind of finished with the acting to yeah. now fast forwarding now so we will get into that but i do yeah. want to get into Bing Pot entertainment Bing Pot trivia yeah so, so that's the thing yeah so i i i would love like a rundown about it from you
0: Okay, so uh, I'll try and give you the Cole's note story, but basically, uh, after a couple of years, and I went to school, and I finished school, and I was running around um, LA and Vancouver just trying to figure out this acting thing as an adult, and if it was really the thing that I wanted to do, and if it felt fulfilling, and uh, as I was doing that, I was waiting tables, and I didn't have weekends, so Wednesday nights were my, like, that was my social night, And me and my roommate and a bunch of his animator friends were playing trivia at a bar downtown Vancouver. And then I went back home. I decided to go back to school and study broadcasting. And I couldn't find a trivia night in Toronto that I liked enough. So I said, screw it. I'm going to start my own at the the campus bar. And uh, I did. I did the broadcasting thing for a bit. I did radio in Saskatchewan. I came back. I didn't love where radio was headed. And this was like 2018. So I'm like, something about this doesn't feel right. You know what? This trivia thing that I was doing, I want to kind of make a run out of it and do it in more places and see if I can grow it. And uh, Bang Pot Trivia has been growing ever since. It took a hit during the pandemic, um, but I started doing Twitch shows, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and then kind of over the last couple of years, like I guess the last year and a half, um, I I kind of resurrected it. Like I, I put it to bed during the pandemic. I thought some other stuff was coming up and that other stuff didn't catch. And it's like, okay, well go back to what you were doing well. So I run these trivia nights all around Vancouver. I've got two in Vancouver that I run. I have another one that I've got guy running for me. I have one, maybe two in Toronto, uh, actually two, maybe three in Toronto, um, that are all run. So I kind of coordinate everything. I do the writing, I do the show, um, production. And then I blast this show out, and it's, it's a trivia show that's better than other trivia shows, and it's more than a guy reading questions into a mic, and it's all about just bringing people together and watching uh, these groups build themselves into, into groups of friends with a strong identity like me and my friends did when I was playing years back.
1: Right and and I have seen clips of it of you explaining it and like the amount yeah. of games that are on there it's it's insane. And, and the clip yeah. that I saw you didn't even name them all and that was an amazing thing because it was one after another after another and it it's it's really really cool and you came up with all these?
0: Uh yeah for the most part like I mean a lot of them are really simple that you're just reskinning right but it's right. yeah I, the whole basic idea of of this show was like most trivia nights suck. Most trivia nights are a guy just standing there reading questions into a microphone. And I think that is, I think it's boring. It's not fun. Um, I'm looking for something that I can get you and your friends to come do every week. It can be part of your, your routine. And it's the thing that you look forward to every week because you get to hang out, pound some beers with your friends and enjoy a really fun show. And that's that's basically it. So I dressed things up. You know, I was talking to a I was talking to a, a producer for uh, a morning show somewhere. And it's like, you know, every time we want to do promos or giveaways or game show stuff, all the creative team can ever think of is well, let's, let's just play two truths and a lie, and you know, we'll see how it goes. And I remember sitting there and I was in this consultation meeting and I explained to them I'm like, okay, but you can do that. Like two truths and a lie is a pretty basic thing, right? so now just dress it up differently. So in Bingpot, we've done like, here's the fake passport round, right? So here's where I'm going to give you a celebrity's passport. It's obviously fake, but, uh, something's going to be wrong on it. So I'm going to give you like their birth name and the year they were born and you know, the place of birth. And one of those things is wrong. So now it's two truths and a lie. You're still playing the same game fundamentally, right? Like that Mm -hmm. doesn't change, but we've dressed it up. So now you're like, oh my God, is Harry Styles name actually Harry Styles? Wait, was he from England or was he born in Scotland? I don't know now. And how old is he really, right? And it's, you're having the same conversation, but, uh, or you're playing the same game, but you're having a conversation about it. And then that's the whole point, right? Get everybody that's involved, having a conversation with each other.
1: I love that. That's really cool. And like, you have to be, you have to be a really creative person, I would say, to be able to edit, Two Truths and a Lie, like you said, dress it up because like I, I would consider myself like pretty creative, but I don't yeah. think I would think like, oh, let's make it into a celebrity passport game. But in the roots of it, it's Two Truths and a Lie. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that is really cool.
0: But I was never thinking about it like that. Like it wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking how do I rescan Two Truths and a Lie? I was thinking. Uh, and that was, yeah, that's it. what
1: you was brought to you. And then you kind of changed what some things that were
0: brought to well, you, correct? I looked at what I had, right? So right. You know, we were like, okay, well, we want to do this. And when I say we, it's like, I've I've had a team of people around me that either host other shows or have helped me do the the creative stuff. Like, it's certainly not a solo effort, but you know, we'd be sitting around saying, you know, what kind of games can we do? And somebody's like, well, well, fake passports. I'm like, oh, that's good. And then, yeah, okay. So we can scan it like this. Here's your pieces of information, which one's wrong. It's the same concept. So you just kind of put things together, but something like that starts from like, no, I really want to make some fake passports for people. Right and i really want to put that on on screen for an audience right and see if they enjoy it right like that's that's what you're doing i guess my whole approach with this is you know we're doing trivia but it's got to feel more like a show so how do we dress it up uh and i can be the big personality and you know i love i love holding a mic and i like being in front of people so it's like okay i can bring that energy to a room and then how do we put something on screen that brings that energy to them as well?
1: Right. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, now like you mentioned how it kind of like took a step back during COVID those mm-hmm. days leading up to like the lockdowns and like, yeah. even when like all the sports were getting canceled, like, yeah. what was that like for Bingpot? pot?
0: Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember that week,
1: that was a week of hell that week.
0: So. My last show was in Scarborough on a Thursday, and um, I remember saying because it was you know it was still really speculative like what is this COVID thing and you're right everyone's kind of like I don't know is what's the and I remember yelling into the mic (laughs) because like some stuff in other places had started to get shut down and I was saying into the mic we're here we're powering through it. If a massive outbreak of anything is going to happen, let it start right here, right now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, all right, that one didn't age well. Um, it was a good time though. So like after that, it was okay. Well, stuff was getting shut down. Now I was lucky. I I actually had a, another full-time gig at the time. Um, there was a weird second there for a year where I was working in consumer analytics Um,
1: I I saw that. I was going to ask about that. I I check your LinkedIn, and that is a crazy work experience list.
0: Uh, It is, man. I've done a lot of different stuff. And it's, uh, I think, Data Analyst is is the one that's like, (laughs) what the hell? How (laughs) did that happen? Uh, But anyway, I was lucky, right? Because I was in a position where I could be building Bingpot and uh, had this thing going, which was a full-time job that felt like a side gig. And because COVID shut everything down, I was fine. So taking things online was, you know, something that was really easy for me because I I had this full-time gig. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, there was a lot to like about that job, but it was very much, it did not feel like at the time something that I should have been doing. And uh, I was able to, bring bingpot to twitch and not have to stress about hey man where's my money coming from and everything um that was a really cool experience because you just kind of did it right and it was like i got i think something like 220 live viewers my first stream and i didn't really know because i'd never i was just getting into twitch i didn't know how big that was wow yeah and, and awesome. i think yeah we were, and, we were and, and, this is, and
1: this is at a time obviously at the beginning of COVID, when like things like zoom or i think it was house party though all those things blew up so like yeah. this happening to something like bingpot was like well a good thing in a yeah, way yeah
0: it didn't it didn't blow up bingpot like the beauty of what i was able to do and this just kind of speaks to what i had been building leading up i think at the time i was in six bars Uh, including Saskatchewan, which I'm no longer in Saskatchewan, but I had a guy take over and kind of build his own thing in Saskatchewan, which is really neat. Um, I had people in so many different venues that it was like, all right, when I put this on Instagram that we're doing a Twitch show, nobody was doing anything. Everybody was, was barricaded in at home. Right. So it's like, we're going to make a thing out of it. And, you know, it was all about, like, it's always been bringing people together. And yeah. we did it during the pandemic. And the only reason was because we'd brought people together at the actual bar level for the bar shows, and then everybody showed up and it became this big party that was just it was really cool,
1: yeah. And I was just gonna ask that. Do you think it would have been a lot more difficult if Bing Pot's creation was during Covid and online?
0: Um difficult, how?
1: As in like you already had like the following of yeah. people that were doing it in a person. Oh, yeah, and yeah. You just brought them over online. So do you yes. think it would have been, yeah, it would have been a lot more difficult if if you just created it online?
0: Yeah, 100%, right? Because yeah. then, you know, like all the people that I knew from doing it at the bars, those were the people that came oh, over, right? So right, it was just a testament to kind of what the total weight of the community was that I had built. Right, And what I think was really cool is that, you know, there are still a ton of people who have no idea what Twitch is. So what, Was neat for me was the experience of saying, Hold on, you know, I've got a couple hundred people that have come to bars to see me do these shows, right? Because I don't think any bar show had ever been bigger than 60 people. And I'm going to now reach out and tell all these people to go to a platform that they've never used before. And I'm going to get them to join in. And then, you know, it's 220 people, but it's not 220 people. It's more than that because you got the people that are actually like, well, you know, what if you got a family of four watching at home, right? They're only being logged as one. So who knows what the actual number was, but it, to get that many people onto a platform they've never used before. I was like, okay, that's, that's really neat.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so how many, how many did you say, uh, places being put in now? How many bars?
0: Okay. So right now. It's nothing set in stone, but I got three in Vancouver. I've got uh, anywhere between one and three in Toronto. Um, and six is where we were at pre-pandemic. So nice. it's it's coming. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, maybe a show away from, or or an email away or something from booking another one out here. So if we do that, then yeah. we're in, in better shape. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it's been like this year that it's felt like we were back. Because the the last couple of years there was a whole lot of limbo for me.
1: Yeah, I bet. Because I mean, there was stuff was opened up, it was shut down, it was opened up, and it just kept mm-hmm. going. So it was like there was never an actual like it. It wasn't much certainty with like what no. was going on. I mean, I, I, at least in Ontario, I don't know how it was in BC, but like that's how it was in Ontario.
0: Yeah, no. For well, it's and not just that. I mean, I like I stepped away from Bingpot. I made the choice to step away and say. Yeah, it's it's the four season thing. Like I was running from when did we start? We started in I started in 2016, but let's say I started in earnest in 2017, 18. Hmm. Um let's well, let's say 17. So four years and hundreds of of these weekly episodes that I've written, right? Like it's it's a ton of work. So during the pandemic, you know, I I Got laid off from the data job uh, about six months into the pandemic. and I kept the Bing pot thing going virtually and I was looking for other work and I was gonna go be a producer somewhere. um and I won't say where, but it it didn't pan out. and uh, that would have been a great gig was basically helping them produce game show content. And i at that point decided I'm gonna lay Bing pot to rest. I'm gonna like, you know, it's twenty twenty one. Um, I've been doing this for four or five years. Like, just let it go. You know, I mean, are there more things I could be doing? Like maybe, but it felt like it was done. And then I had to kind of come back. So, you know, I went and in the interim, I was a content director for a Twitch channel. I moved back out to Vancouver to help produce this Dungeons and Dragons Twitch channel that was doing other gaming content, which was really cool. Uh, I got a, uh midday major market radio gig in Vancouver so I kind of checked that one off the list uh that didn't stick either because the issues that you know i had seen in radio in Saskatchewan I'd hoped in a major market they would have been um more future forward but again they wasn't and uh it was it was a tough fit and so after that it was like you know the one thing that's kind of always stuck around and helped me grow and, and led me to other places that I've really appreciated. Ended up in, ending up in is being Pot Trivia. So, you know, the last year has been spent kind of rebuilding and finding where I was pre pandemic, and now we're there. So now it's like, okay, we're Danny Game Show now, right? Like we're leading. It's back only, it's this only going that's... up
1: even more now. Now that you've hit the what you were at before, yeah. it's just going to go up.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm i at a point now where I'm having conversations about um, bigger ticket weekly shows. We're chasing private events uh, more than I ever have. We're going after tours, potentially like I'm having these conversations and I'm doing that development work, which is, is really exciting. It's like, man, oh. it just makes me so angry about the pandemic because it's like, I could have been doing this two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. right? Like 100%. that's where we were leading towards if if everything didn't just fall apart 100 yeah. well,
1: percent. now you say you have some in toronto i should definitely check them out because i'm like 35 minutes 40 minutes from toronto so. yeah what
0: where where are you living
1: um i'm in bowmanville
0: oh you know where that is i do it's not quite the dirty schwa
1: no no um, chance no, no way no. i'm not associating myself with the schwa <laughs> never i i actually said to someone the other day that i live like but same thing about 40 minutes east of yeah. toronto They're like oh like oshawa i said no
0: no, Never. not usher. No,
1: I I I got two, I'm two towns over. That's enough space between Yeah, us.
0: that's it definitely. So close to yeah. show to you is, is the one in Scarborough at the oh. uh, Stone Cottage pub on Thursday nights. My boy Johnny Game Show hosts it and he's uh he's fantastic. All right. Stone Cottage is a very special bar. So that's where I had that that pre COVID moment. Um that bar is it's a Scarborough institution. It is the most home homey feeling place. Um, it holds a very special place in my heart and bank Pot has never really left it. So that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah go,
1: my fiance um, from Scarborough. So she's a lot of family there. So yeah, I should, oh, yeah. I, should, I, should, I, should I should get the the band together. A thousand and, percent. Yeah. That's, uh, I love that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, def- I'll definitely, I'll definitely, I'll definitely let them know.
1: Um, uh, moving on to a little bit of Leafs talk. So obviously I know you did the, yeah, Leafs, let's go. You did the Leafs fan cast and I've been a Leafs yeah. fan for as long as I can remember. Um, yeah, so couple big things happened this summer i want to get into i want to get your opinion on number one kyle Dubas' departure what what was your feel on this
0: i think the whole thing was weird um i think it's really important you know because we're we're all optimistic again going into september so you know when we talk about kyle leaving it's like where were we in in may and uh so yeah i i don't know if you know but i was in i went to florida for games three and four um yeah I, I flew from vancouver to florida to go watch playoff hockey and uh, it was great i i was angry i was really angry right and you're it's it's the effort level and it's what it's always been so like you know because if you're not a leaf fan you'll chirp every leaf fan for saying there's always next year and the thing that's been really frustrating and the real Leaf fans will know this is like where is the effort you know, forget all the memes about the Leafs, you know, never doing anything in the clutch, like to actually watch it and see, man, these guys aren't skating hard. Uh, and that, and, and that's what it boiled down to. I mean, you. Yeah. so when Kyle left, I'm a big, I believe in Shanahan. I've believed in Shanahan since minute one. I like the way the guy handles himself, I think is the easiest way to phrase it. I think he's got a record of success as a player. I think, you know, if we look back on him, working at the league, nobody ever had an issue that I can remember. Like nobody like there, there wasn't a whole lot of slander. He he changed
1: the way they did the suspension, like the videos to begin with.
0: Yeah. So he, you know, he believes in accountability, which is great. Um, and we don't know what those conversations were like behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking in addition to a lot of angry thoughts that I think a lot of Lee fans were feeling, I remember thinking, Trade Mitch, mm-hmm. um, you know, fire everybody, mm-hmm. trade Willie, trade Austin. I don't care. Send him to Arizona for a bag of pucks and draft picks. Mm-hmm. And just explode the whole thing. But then really it was like, for all the good things Kyle Dubas did to the front office, when Lula Marillo was the GM of the team, I don't ever recall the team having – a, a character issue. Now, when the boys were young, that's what I was going to say, yeah. When the boys were young, yeah, there was the whole, we don't play defense, we want to play from behind in the third period and catch up. I remember that a lot. Um, That one you chalk up to immaturity. But in terms of actually having, like, nobody called those teams soft. No, that's true. And, and, and that was it, right? So we're looking at the Leafs, and everybody's throwing the S-word around. And I'm sitting there thinking, once Kyle left, I wasn't upset. I didn't think the sky was falling. I thought maybe he was the problem. Right. Because if if it's a character issue, right? Like If you get a soft dressing room, then you figure, okay, it's a culture issue. And if it's a culture issue, it's got to be the players. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be the players. And then the one thing that we're all thinking about is, uh, if you remember, I think it was this past season, uh, Keith called out the top dogs for And, then, and poorly, then he took it
1: back the next day.
0: He, he had to walk it back. So who does that come from, right? That comes from the top. 100%. So, so you don't want to fault the players. Ultimately, the responsibility has to fall on the players. Mm-hmm. But – you can change out different parts. So if they go through this and uh, so far, I mean, I like every move true living has made. I, you're looking up and down this roster. I, I don't feel comfortable using the word soft. No, no, I'm like, there, there, there's, a,
1: there's a big body on every line now.
0: Yeah, there is. And, and I'm, I'm stoked on that. So. Hey, we'll see. I mean yeah. I I don't want to think too hard about the Willie Nylander stuff like don't trade Willie. I no. you know he's he's big game Willie Nylander. He elevates himself when it matters.
1: Willie Styles.
0: That's right. If you've got the if you've doubled down on Keith cuz if if Living is you know I, I got excited hearing about these like 3 days of meetings or whatever the hell it was from Keith and True Living just like hashing everything out and deciding yeah, we are going to work together. By all accounts Treliving is a fine GM who had to deal with being a GM in Calgary where no talent wanted to go. So if Kyle Dubas fixed the organization to the point where now we're attracting prime talent, so Treliving has his life made for him. Yeah, where he's really. literally got the easiest job now yeah. to bring talent in and just make sure like I he's set up to succeed. Right. So if he believes in playing with that word snot That I really like.
1: Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Then, then let's go top down. What's that going to feel like? Austin Matthews took less money than he could get, Mm -hmm. so that the team can be built around him. Like, I, you have to be feeling optimistic. They've earned it.
1: And like, people are going to be like, "Oh, you're just saying that because you didn't get that many years." But the four years to me is maybe maybe five would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. Four, I love because you give a guy who's like. I mean he's obviously one of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. Best Maple Leaf of all time, I would say. Mm-hmm. my dad disagrees, but um it uh, a guy like that who gets injured a lot. Do you want to give a guy that gets injured that much already the 8 years? I don't know, 35? That's well, that, I mean, like I said, I'd the him, price but, up,
0: right? Like, it would have just driven the price up and that's the big issue with terms. So yeah. I who knows where he's going to go? You know what if he wins two cups in 4 years? If if yeah, right? And then then he wants to go back to Arizona for no, the last eight no problem. years of his Thank deal. You. Yeah, then right. I as long as we can build a team around him, we're yeah. we're feeling good. So to me, if I'm they don't good. win
1: the cup in the four years that he, or I guess it's five years, he has left with him, they were never gonna win in any way. So it's like,
0: yeah, I, you know what I mean. I can't, and that's the problem too. Is we all want a cup, but you can't hinge it all on winning the cup. You can't. You know. You're right. It's too hard. hard. It's I do have
1: one thing I want to disagree. I have a, I got to disagree on about the mm. Lou and Babcock stuff. How you never saw character issues. Mm. I think it's honestly out. It was out of fear of both Babcock and Lou. I mean, the, you, we heard about the stuff, how Mitch or Mike treated Mitch.
0: Overblown, man. You I'm think a big, so? you think? So? so? Yeah, I do. Um, hmm. yeah, I absolutely think it was overblown. Okay. And, uh, People like to look for reasons to complain. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big Mike Babcock fan. Really, I'm a a huge Mike Babcock fan. I was, I was. That stuff didn't, you know. I I defended him, and he just it. What did he give him? He gave him structure, and and maybe that was the problem was that the structure was too rigid. But it's and and maybe, maybe a lot of it was the, the generational gap. You know, I watch out for Babcock in Columbus now because that's going to be so interesting well, with like with line a that will be interesting. What did he do with his time off? Where did he go?
1: Yeah, he went to he went to universities.
0: He went to the, he went to school. Yeah. He went to school to coach kids. You know, and I uh, when you're coaching was he not allowed level, to
1: but he wouldn't have been allowed to go anywhere else.
0: He could have coached in the NHL, but if because he didn't coach in the NHL, he was still getting paid by the Leafs, right? And we so had no incentive. He wouldn't to have got as of a big contract. That's true. But in terms of personal development, and if you've ever read an interview with Mike Babcock, I mean, the guy is big on personal development. Mm-hmm. The guy's not standing here saying I'm right all the time and I don't have to change. He's not. That's not what he says. That's not what he stands for.
1: No, he. No, you're right. He. He never nope. says it. that's true.
0: Right. The players will say he thinks that way, but I. I wouldn't buy it. So to watch him go to the University of Saskatchewan and maybe understand the generation that he's going to have to be coaching if he wants to stay in the game. Closer I think it's a huge thing. Closer, closer to mid to age. If everybody's right that Mike Babcock has this massive ego, mm-hmm. getting fired for the first time in his career, you're not going to say that that didn't phase him. Right. Right? We're not going to draw attention to that. We're not going to draw attention to what it does to a man's psyche when he loses his job and has all of his credibility cast in doubt. You think Mike Babcock's not aware of the fact that he hadn't made it out of the first round since God knows when? Mm-hmm. You know, So he's obviously doing some work on himself. Right. But I think he did a really good job for a while. Okay. Setting uh, the stage for for what was going on in Toronto.
1: I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. Um, the Yohan Franz and stuff, Franz and stuff. What do you think about that?
0: I think if you had, oh, and I'd like to think if you had a transparent conversation with Mike now, he would probably say the same thing that he said about the Mitch oh. Marner, Tyler Bozak incident. Right. Like
1: yeah. it, he, he, regretted
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, to see the, I I think there's probably a lot more going on than we'll ever know.
1: Right. Oh yeah. Right. So, so
0: I don't like to make assumptions on stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Um. That's how I feel about it. I think I think he's learned. I think. Last thing. Last
1: thing I'll say about it is I'll never forgive him for not letting Mike Madano play his fifteenth hundredth game. Fourteen ninety nine career. He's stuck at.
0: That's shitty. Yeah.
1: That's that's the one thing that I can't I cannot forgive him for. People always say that he should have came back like the next season for just one more game, but yeah, yeah. That's a, that's the one thing. Oh, it's tough. It just seeing that on hockey DB when they're doing, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm around, just seeing the 1499 irks me. You
0: um what, I mean, do you ever like to think about why these things happen? Like oh absolutely, I, I, I don't believe that anybody's inherently um dickish, right? You know, like I I mean I think people have principles, and I'm like Okay, so maybe this was a case of Babcock saying the team's more important, and really just trying to punch that home. And you know, what lesson does that, in theory, hopefully, pass on to the rest of the team? It's like, man, team first. Don't go walking around with this kind of ego. And Mike Babcock only ever played junior B hockey, so maybe he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's pissed at all these guys that made the show or whatever. Like all yeah, of these yeah. things. And I know, yeah, you know, you're
1: right. You're, you're right. It's it's true. There's so much behind the scenes that literally none of us will ever know about ever. Mm-hmm. I just know Mike Commodore is not his biggest fan. He always, you a see lot like of EA people Commodore aren't his stuff. biggest fan. No, no, I know. But, you know, I'm saying like Mike Commodore, though, is like he, he makes sure people know that he does not like him.
0: Quinn, <clears throat> there's a lot of people out there that aren't my biggest fan. Okay. Why not? Like, You're a beauty. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Some be- because people have their reasons.
1: That's true. You know,
0: I could have had a bad day one time, is the only time I met somebody. That's you true. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And that's going to be the last impression. That's not great. You don't like that. You don't mm-hmm. want to think that there's somebody out there who's only seen you at your worst. But like, yeah. at the end of the day, you don't lose sleep over it. That's true. So just because there's a couple guys that will talk smack about Mike Babcock, he took over the Leafs when I was kind of going through it and deciding to go back to school and was at a really tough time in my life. And a lot of the insight, you know, be a good human being before you're a good hockey player, that uh, – that's what i think mike babcock represents
1: i remember the joy that may day i think it was like may 10th 15th something like that getting that notification on my phone seeing mike babcock was the coach i've never been so excited to be a leaf stand in my life Mm -hmm. because because i'm obviously younger so i wasn't seeing any success Mm -hmm. so to me Mm -hmm. that that looked like okay we're finally moving forward I hadn't seen like, a, I mean, I was like eight when the last time they made the second round. All they did was lose. This was before Austin. This was before Mitch was even drafted. So this mm-hmm. was like, okay, we're moving forward. I love it. I'm at, I, I, Clear as day, I remember Mitch that. Mitch had been that.
0: drafted at that point. Pardon? Mitch had been drafted nope. at that point.
1: Nope. One month later. It was May of oh, will yeah. Willie oh. had been drafted the year before. What? Mitch hadn't. because mem- right. Remember they were up Jackson on stage Hill. together? Mitch and Mike were up on stage together when, when they drafted Mitch and Mike was mad because he wanted Noah Hannafin and they got Mitch instead.
0: I remember Mark Hunter wanted Noah. Oh, maybe not. I th- you know what? Subject conversation. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Um, okay. So the last thing I'm going to, I want to talk about, yeah. of course, is life with Luca yeah um so this was about i think it would have been close to the end of 2022 when i found out about the tv movie coming out september it was it was announced was was that when that one like the announcement was
0: late august 2022
1: okay so yeah so obviously they they said hey this is gonna be a tv movie about casey derrick and their kids cousins clashing so of course the first thing you think of everyone's coming back so Were the three people obviously that were absent for the movie were Edwin, Lizzie, Marty, Mm -hmm. you, Jordy, and Ariel. Mm -hmm. Were you guys given a heads up about this or did you kind of find out? I'm sure not like me, but did you find out a different way?
0: All right, here's the story. (laughs) I'm
1: intrigued. (laughs) Ever since I saw that you weren't in this, I, I've been intrigued. I'm wondering why.
0: So during COVID actually right before COVID I had, um, had a catch up dinner with one of our producers and, uh, we were just kind of reminiscing, waxing poetic about the whole thing. And uh, when COVID hit, I found out there was, uh, I saw a press release. There was a virtual writer's room happening for, you know, Life with Luca spinoff series. And uh, people were just looking to fill time during COVID, man. So I'm just like, okay, well, you know, we'll see if that actually has any legs. Because they had talked about rebooting it uh, all the way back to like 2012 um, or doing oh. like a sequel series. Yeah, so this wasn't, this wasn't like a new thing. So whatever, no big, and and then I didn't hear about it. So this was like early 2020. Okay, so two years later, we are now in like June of 2022. And I get a text message from, I need you to follow this. I get a text message from my brother's wife's brother's wife's cousin, whose daughter is auditioning to be in the new life with Derek. So yeah. I get a text message from the cousin being like, hey, just looking if uh, you know you could have any advice for my daughter. So that's how I found out life with Derek was coming back. And I was actually in the middle of a therapy appointment when I got this text message, which was crazy convenient. <laughs> I was, was just like, going to
1: say that. that. That was actually better. Then you wouldn't have had to go make another appointment awesome. right away.
0: It was like, hey, man. Huh. um Something big just came up. We can figure about my ex-girlfriend for a second and go focus on yeah, this. you got
1: another hour? Okay. Exactly. Wow.
0: Um, now, I mean, you got to understand that the reality of this industry, like people are just trying to get paid and people are just trying to do their jobs and make their shows and all these things, right? There's a whole bunch of reasons why... Edwin and Lizzie were left off of this movie. You know, it's a movie, not a series. They got to focus on introducing certain people. There are complications when you were shooting in what was still a pretty COVID-conscious landscape for film, right? So immediately, the more cast members you have, the more problematic this becomes, the more difficult it becomes, the more everything it becomes. There are reasons, there are reasons. Hmm. not gonna say it didn't suck
1: right yeah and then so once you found out that way from all those people i'm not gonna be able to recreate what you just said but from all those people the way you found out is that immediately like you go talk to jordy or you go talk to i don't know how much uh you talked to ariel but like was that how did that work
0: no so jordy and i had kind of been in in soft contact um in the time leading up to i didn't read i actually had her on uh, when i was running the dnd channel she came on and guested on a thing that we did about a week later and i brought it up um it wasn't until things kind of came out in in august because we were basically like i was sitting there scrolling instagram day to day and seeing posts from ashley and michael and joy right so i knew that joy and john were in it because everyone's taking all these pictures together and I'm like, okay, so I know what's happening, but I'm not saying anything. It's a very awkward spot. And then, you know, they, they do at the end of August, like this massive reveal that they were all together and there was this show thing happening. And that was the day that I called Jordy and was like, how you doing? You know, you okay. Um, and then it was really funny and it was a really cool conversation. Cause we're sitting there just being like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't the greatest and we're like, it's not the best feeling. It's like, yeah, we know it's okay. Okay. Uh, we're, we're both professionals. We understand how this industry goes, right? It's you know, not the end of the world. And then I remember saying to her, I'm like, you know, my favorite part about this is that this conversation that you and I are having right now, like, how did this happen without us? Like, what? Like, this is a conversation that you and I would be having in character in a games closet scene. And she starts laughing. I'm like, Jordy, I want to tell you to just hop on a plane and come out here and we can film this and then just do something with it. And she was like, yeah, right. I can't, oh, I can't good. be there. I can't be there this week and I can be there next week. And it was like, it's like what I said to Stone Cold. I'm like, hold on. What? Like I wasn't being si- you're serious? Let's go. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah
1: let, let's, let's get into that actually. So for those that don't know, you guys made uh recreated, basically a live with Derek scene <laughs> yeah, with, with Derek. you and Jordy in the game room closet talking about Derek, Casey, yeah. your dad, and, um, Oh my God, and Nora! Yeah. Nora, yeah. Um, have a family reunion without you guys. So obviously, yeah. this, this is your idea, and you brought it to well, Jordy.
0: I loved that. Yeah, thanks. I mean, the whole reason too, right? Like you got to understand, we weren't, we weren't derailed. We were obviously oh. a little hurt, but we also certainly weren't vindictive, right? There was there was not a whole lot of like screw these guys. Like it wasn't. It was not that. It was. It was. They made a choice. And I think the thing that bothered me the most was there's a lot of people out there that are going to be left hanging, right? And there's also no guarantee. Like we found out later that they wanted to turn this into a series and they still might be turning this into a series, but there's never any guarantees in this industry. So if this is the one and only time that the show comes back, there's going to be a lot of people just saying, what? And uh, yeah, to to not have them hear from us, I think would have been a fan disservice. And so what was really important to me was let's just give the people what they want to see. Let's give them Lizzie and Edwin in a closet together uh, and, and having a little bit of fun with it. So we did it. You know, Jordy came over, we wrote a thing together. I dressed up the closet. We, you know, shot it, on her iPhone and threw it in editing really quick. And that was it done. We're and like, the, All and right.
1: I like the cameo by Ariel too.
0: I, I didn't know that we were going to be able to get Ariel. Oh we, really? We figured it out. We reached out to her and she was down and I was like, okay, amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and she, and she
1: looks the exact same. She just looked taller. That yeah, was literally yeah. it.
0: We all do. none of us, yeah. Search. That's true. That's no,
1: no, it's true. Hey, if anyone looks the same from the show, it's you. It's all um I showed my I showed my mom that, that TikTok today, yeah. you guys recreating it, and i had explained to her because all she didn't watch the show. Mm-hmm. I said, You hear these sound effects? I said, This these are the exact same sound effects they yeah. used to the show, which I thought was really cool. It was a nice touch.
0: Then I we put it together and we're like, we're sitting there and we're watching this thing back in the editor, and I'm just going like something's missing. Like, I I, I don't something's missing. And then I pulled a bunch of sound effects from an old episode that was living on YouTube, and I was like, "I just, let's put it back together."
1: It's funny because, um, like you said, you uh, you saw it on YouTube. Um, it's weird how it's not on Disney Plus.
0: It's not weird. Why would it be weird? It was it's on on not Div- Disney's. No? Yeah, so Disney would have to buy it to put it on, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people seem to think that the Step siblings were trying to fuck each other. Dude, dude, that is everywhere, everywhere yeah. on TikTok. Why? Okay, do you do you agree with that? No. Do you see that at all? Because I don't. Dude, I've I've talked about this a lot, and it's it's really simple. If you want to know the whole concept of Life with Derek, the premise of the show is uh, family is thicker than blood. Family is more than blood. That's what family is. So everybody points to the end of the series, is like stepbrother, or he says stepsister. And like, whatever, the same no, man, it's not like you're scrolling BornHub where they're saying it as a technicality. It's like, no, she shoots it down by saying there's no difference between being my stepbrother and my brother. That's the important line in the scene. So everybody just needs to get their head out of the gutter. So weird.
1: I mean, I'm sure I know the answer, but have you ever had that conversation with Michael or Ashley?
0: No, no, not, not what do you think they think about that? I mean, I'm obviously they think they think how you trolling. think, but like, I, I just think they're trolling and they enjoy it. Like, I, yeah. I there's I think videos of them like sitting there reading Life with Derek fanfic, like mm. just playing along with it. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? So if that's what's getting attention, lean into it, maybe. I, I think it's asinine uh i do i'm like it's but what do you do man people see what they want to see so so that's the messed up part right that
1: and and that i mean that was a thing on tiktok because i'm a tiktok addict but that was that was a thing on tiktok before life with luca came uh, came out but after it came out that it it escalated that much well
0: and that's my whole question is like
1: like Like people are saying that their, their, their kids were actually their, their kids together. Like weird, just like weird stuff like that,
0: man, I got no words. I I don't, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, the last thing I got on, um, the life with Luca and then, uh, we'll wrap up is did you ever, or did they ever reach out to you? Like, uh, Michael or Ashley about you guys not being in it. Was that ever a conversation?
0: Um, I, so I, I'd had some conversations with a few people. And, um, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, the private conversations, but I will say, uh, it was made pretty clear right away that the intention is to bring us back for, for series, um, and, and give us the proper, I guess they, you know, the, the proper reintroduction or, or at least, you know, the, the one episode cameo or something to say, Hey, this is what happened and seal the book on that. Um, I, the ultimate reality of this industry is that it's not fair and it's not it, it it's it's not fair man but that's life so you know i, I people felt bad about it but didn't want to do anything about it i think the thing that really bothers me the most um and it's not an indictment on any one individual but uh as far as I'm concerned from all the tellings of this series of events that i've received you know at no point did anybody raise their hand and say hold on you can't do this without lizzie and edwin and marty yeah you know, like no that apparently that thought didn't cross anybody's mind Hmm. and that, that's dude, that leaves a bad.
1: Like, t- you don't have to say anything else about it but like that to me that that leaves a bad taste in
0: my mouth well it's just it's that's odd it's, it's what it is right yeah but i Look, man, the show's called Life with Derek. I guess, like, right? but I, you, guys, you
1: guys were big yeah. characters on it. You know what I mean? I, like,
0: I would be inclined to agree with you. Hmm. But evidently, that's not, not everyone did, I, I guess. Okay. So, right? Like, look, hmm. man, that's, that's, that's fine. Interesting. That's,
1: hey, I got to give you props, though, for yeah. live streaming you watching the, the movie. I, I I did hop in when you were doing that.
0: Well, there were some people that wanted to like the you know there's people that care yeah. i've got enough people in my world that are like yeah well we want to see how you feel about this and what you're doing about this and i'm like all right i'll do it for you yeah and that's the only reason to do it it's you do it for the people that that care
1: yeah
0: right and if there's people out there that want to see a thing want to see my reaction to a thing yeah all right i'll give the people what they want
1: we talked about tv dying and everything earlier yeah. and how i hadn't watched tv in a long time that was the first time in probably five yeah. to six years that I actually watched TV with commercials. I, I, cause I just use a fire stick. So I yeah, actually on like my parents bell app on the fire stick to get to the actual family channel to watch it. It was mm-hmm. weird. It was really um,
0: weird. yeah, I didn't have cable. I went to the bar. Yeah. I was at the Admiral where I run these trivia shows. Right. That's and I'm like, cool. it's, know, where the hell else am I going to go? Especially uh, on
1: Family Day, I couldn't see it being too busy there. Sure no, it wasn't. There.
0: No, it was. It was chill. They've they, yeah. they got a show space, right? And I had, I had a show that night. So, like, I watched the, I watched the movie, and then we, uh, we brought everybody in, and we did our trivia show after. So, that's it was amazing. Like, yeah, it was, it was a cool day. Yeah, that's I, awesome. yeah, I. Realistically, like, and I think this is important to say. There's no real hard feelings here. Hmm. Like, this is the industry. This is what it is. So I'm okay acknowledging that that's the industry, and I can sit here and say, you know, from where I'm sitting, I probably would have done things a little differently if I were you guys, um, but that's not my place. Right, and I'm tr- I'm
1: sure you guys felt better about it knowing the fan reaction.
0: Man, we put our our TikTok, and right. in 24 hours we had a million views. Says what it has to say.
1: You don't even need to. Say, you didn't even need to say anything. That that's it, right?
0: do I think they should have picked it up from me and been like, Hey, can we tack this on to the end of the movie as like after the credit scene? I'm like, yeah, that also would have been a smart thing to do. Exactly. Um, Actually, so hold on not my business, man.
1: Right. Exactly. Okay. So we'll end, we'll end the life with Eric uh, saga there, but mm-hmm. you are talking about ending something on at the end of a movie. One universe that is so popular for doing post credit scenes mm-hmm. is of course, Marvel. Now I said at the top of the show it's that you in. are an integral part of, of the mcu can you explain yeah. your part
0: in uh, in the mcu
1: Before
0: yeah so, in mcu uh yeah i don't and i actually don't even know if canonically i am in the mcu because uh, I hey a multidimension, multi multi-verse,
1: multi-dimension
0: who you could you know be, what I get, if deadpool's hanging out with wolverine that's these days, what I,
1: exactly you're basically uh, in a deadpool movie
0: so i am the most famous character from the first x-men movie i am of course uh boy on raft so when senator kelly gets thrown into the water after his mutation and he escapes from magneto's fortress he washes up on a beach and just as he's coming out of the water there's this kid sitting on a little yellow dinghy that's staring at him and goes (laughs) whoa actually i don't even say anything i had a line in the script and so i signed a contract that said i had a speaking part which is the only reason i'm credited in the movie uh but then you know the second day of filming because it would have taken two days to film me on the, the dinghy uh, it was pissing rain in Toronto, so they just said, Ah, screw it, we'll get some kid in LA to record the line. But I was already in the contract, so <laughs> I'm in the credits, baby. I love that, I love yeah.
1: that. And then, um, we don't have to get into it, but uh, one of my favorite shows growing up was Famous Jet Jackson. You're also in yeah. an uh, episode of that show,
0: yeah. It was, I, and that was low key too. That was just an episode yeah. of some show,
1: yeah. I love the cool it.
0: piece of trivia there is that uh, I think at the time Jeff Biederman was a writing assistant on that show, or he was uh, he was in the writer's room. He might've been the junior story editor or something. He had a, a smaller tier role. Uh, Jeff Biederman ended up being the executive story editor for life with Derek and a good friend.
1: Awesome. That's sweet. That's really yeah. cool. Hey, such a small world. Sometimes the, the acting biz.
0: Yeah. So
1: that happens awesome well danny dude i appreciate the time this was really uh really really cool yeah. um i'm glad that i was able to speak with you and my research slash homework yesterday was w- going back and re-watching life with Derek episodes and So there's worse
0: ways to spend an afternoon that's what
1: i mean exactly so like when my fiance was bugging me to like clean or something i said i i'm working I'm, homework I'm man. i
0: gotta gotta refresh myself
1: i gotta see what edwin's up to so <laughs> yeah no danny <laughs> i do really appreciate it uh for you coming on and uh chit chatting with me today
0: Amazing. We'll check out the Bing Pot Trivia Show at the Stone Cottage in Scarborough. Uh, if you got anybody in Vancouver that sees this, they can check it out at the Admiral on Mondays or the Cordova in Gastown on Wednesdays. And yeah, man, we have a good time.
1: Perfect. All right, Danny. We'll we'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Take a easy, Quinn. Bye. And that was the Bar Show.